Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Amen. I'm going to ask you if you would just remain standing. Just lift your hands. Come on, let's begin to pray. Let's ask God to be with us. Let's ask God to open up our hearts and our minds. Come on, open up your mouth and begin to pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the privilege to coming to, of coming together. We thank you, God, for the brethren. We thank you, God, for this church. Lord, we thank you, God, for even what you're doing in our lives as individuals. And Father, before we go any further, we take time to acknowledge you, God. We take time to acknowledge your grace. We take time to acknowledge your mercy on our lives. Although, that we, although we come to you with a needy heart, we come to you with things, God, that are weighing on our minds, Father. We understand that besides those things or in spite of those things, you're still worthy of praise. You're still worthy of glory, God. So, Father, we give you the highest place, the highest position. Father, we rebuke every lie, every foul spirit. Father, and we declare your dominion in this house. In Jesus' name. Come on, saints of God, if you, if you agree with that. Say amen. Say it like you mean it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, you, you're welcome to be seated. It's good to be here with all of you. It's, it, it feels good. It feels good tonight. I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Not that I don't feel it every time, but it's a good spirit. Uh, I feel like there's a spirit of expectation here tonight. Um, I'm excited for the message that God has given me. Um, and so uh, I, I think we all will learn something tonight. And I believe that uh, we'll get a, a, a fresh revelation of who God is in our lives as individuals. Before I go any further, I do want to uh, uh, honor our senior pastors, Pastor Omar and Sister Letty, my spiritual parents. I uh, love them so much. Me and my wife and my family, we're blessed by them. We're blessed by their leadership. We're blessed by their friendship. And uh, they are the best people, uh, some of the best people I know. And so I, I'm honored to be able to be in their church and, and to, uh, to serve under them, and uh, just, just phenomenal, phenomenal leaders. So thank you, Pastor Omar, for always extending. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Uh, appreciate that so much. Also, I want to, I don't do this enough, but I want to honor my wife. Uh, I love my wife. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, my wife is awesome. I've, I've watched her. We're in the first week of summer break for, for our children, and uh, all, all you parents that are at home, whether it's, you know, whether it's husband or wife, whatever, whatever your situation is, God bless you. Uh, you guys are, you guys are awesome, and we're going to be praying God's mercy and strength on you uh, over these next, uh, you know, 90 days or, or, or whatever it is, but my wife, I saw her, she, ha- she was out there, she has the kids working, I mean, everyone's got a job to do, and I, I just appreciate that so much, so I love you, babe. Thank you, thank you so much, I love you. So I, uh, we're going we're gonna to get into this. I have a lot, I have a lot of uh, content, and I, I, I don't want to keep us very long because I believe that God really wants to do uh, some work on our hearts, each and every one of us. It uh, doesn't matter where you're at with the Lord. It doesn't matter where your relationship is with, with the Lord. Uh, God is merciful. Uh, I'll say that again. God is merciful. God is gracious. Uh, and, and I'm just overwhelmed by the goodness of God uh, on my life. And uh, I think that uh, maybe sometimes we could just take a little bit of time and, and, and reflect on uh, where, where God found you and where you're at today. And uh, I know that a lot of us, we're, we're here and, and we're sitting here and, and I'm sure there's a list of things that, we're, uh, that are on our prayer list that we're believing God for. Uh, but God is good and God has sustained you uh, to this point. And so uh, I, I want to get into this tonight 
and um, my message is honor the king. And I think that we need to uh, really kind of think about this and, uh, and posture our hearts in honor to the king. And what, what, obviously what I'm talking about is the Lord, Jesus Christ, supposed to be king of your life. Uh, and so, uh, so in, in Ecclesiastes 12, uh, verses 13 and 14, you guys have heard me say this. My father-in-law, uh, I love him. He's a student of the word. And uh, he, tell, he, he says this all the time, that uh, you are to uh, 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 fear God and obey his commands. Fear God and obey his commands. And so Ecclesiastes 12, 13 to 14, it says, uh, it says, Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or or evil, and uh, if you know Ecclesiastes, if you've ever read through that, you understand that there, it's a it's a book of wisdom and knowledge, and uh, he talks about all these different things. But it could all be concluded in this simple fact that we are to fear God and obey His commands or keep His commandments. And really, family, I want to tell you that that this life, this walk with the Lord, uh, could really be concluded or summarized in these two very basic, simple things. That if you were to fear God, have a holy reverence for God in your life, that you would honor God, honor the king in your life, and obey his commands, a lot of the stuff that we're dealing with, a lot of the stuff that we're wrestling with, will kind of go away. Anybody agree? Uh, I, I mean, try it out. You know, if, if your life is in, in chaos, if your life is full of just, uh, you know, tension and all of that, uh, try these things and just, just, just trust God. Um, I, I'm going to talk, I'm going to really, I'm going to be teaching out of uh, the book of Judges and uh, maybe, maybe somewhat of a survey of, of Judges, but I'm going to pull out some things that I think will help us tonight. Um, uh, and I've been studying the, the Old Testament just uh, personally, and so I figured I'd just kind of share what, what God has sh- uh, shared with me, the revelation that God has given me. I share that with the body. Is that okay tonight? All right, so, uh, so the book of Judges, uh, if you know anything about the historical context, it's a very, very dark time uh, in the children of Israel. If you contrast it with Joshua, Joshua is, uh, is really a highlight of, of the blessing of God on the people of God for being obedient to his commands. The flip side of that is that it's, it's Judges, okay? And Judges, uh, unfortunately, is a display or an expression or a model of, of the consequences that uh, we will all suffer if we are disobedient uh, to God. And uh, the sad thing, and you'll hear this over and over as you read through the book of Judges, is that, um, is, is that they did what was right in their own eyes. And I think about our current, uh, our current environment. I think about um, our, the current age that, uh, that a lot of people in and outside of the church are just doing their own thing. We're, we're just doing whatever pleases us. We're doing whatever we seem to be, uh, we deem to be right in our own eyes. We, uh, we say that we pray, but we don't really pray to seek counsel. We pray to bless our plans and, and, and the things that we want to see done, opposed to just um, posturing ourselves under God and, and getting direction from God and then obeying His commands. Uh, and so in this time, the children of Israel were doing what they seem to be or what they deem to be right in their own eyes. Uh, the, the, this story here should be, should be a wake-up call, and that's really what I want to stress tonight, that each and every one of us would be awoken and, and alarmed by this, because we could easily see what happens uh, to an individual or a nation 
uh, as they begin to stray away uh, from being committed uh, to knowing and following the Lord. And this is, this is the thing, is that many of us know God. Many of you, I'm sure, have been, uh, at least been walking with the Lord for a certain amount of time. Uh, but it's one thing to know something, and it's another thing to do something. Would you agree with that? And so you could know all of the mechanics, okay? You could know all the principles. You could know all the concepts. You could know all of the songs, all of those different things. But are you following the Lord? Is your life a representation of what it is that you know? Are you applying that into your life and walking those things out? And this is, uh, this is really the tragedy of the Israelites in this time. See, uh, God chose the Israelites to be a light in a dark place. He set them up uh, and, and, he, uh, and he blessed them so that they would be able to shine the radiance of God, the, the truth of God, to a very, very dark world. Sounds much like the church today. And, uh, and, and, and the sad thing is that they fell so far, uh, that they, so, they fell so far from it. And so uh, the, Israel, the Israelites were to be the way the whole world would come to know uh, come to know and worship God, uh, God promised to bless them if they obeyed him. So everyone would know that, that the Israelites worship uh, Yahweh or the one true God. And the same blessing is on the people of God. And, and, and really I want to say this to you, um, that we should be a reflection. We should make Christianity, we should make walking with the Lord uh, a, a desire for those that, that you come in contact with. Uh, if you're walking around defeated, if you're walking around, and I'm not saying that you're just walking on, you know, uh, uh, sunshine and clouds all the time, but there should be a joy that's in you that is desirable from the world, right? So in, in, in your workplace, you walk in there and uh, you, you have the people that are just like bummed out or the people that are, uh, that, that are hung over from the night before. And uh, as you walk into that, as you walk into that place, you should be, ex uh, uh, um, uh, you there, there should be a joy in your life. There should be a light that's coming out of your life. There should be a happiness and a peace that's in your life. And this was the, this was the intention of the Israelites. And so God uh, pro uh, promised the people of Israel that if they would turn away from him and not obey him and would be a bad representation of who he was to the world, that he would punish them. Now, you can read this in Deuteronomy 30. That it's, very, it's laid out. Uh, here's all the blessings if you obey, and here are all the curses if you're disobedient. So there is very, very clear instruction. Uh, Pastor Omar says this often, that we, we can learn one of two ways. You can learn by instruction or by experience. And so here was the instruction. Do this and you'll be blessed. Do that and you're going to be cursed. And uh, just like many of us, the Israelites had to learn through experience uh, that which God tried to teach them through instruction. And so, uh, uh, so the, t the timing of, of, uh, of the book of Judges, just some uh, historical context. Uh, the book of Judges was written in, in about a 300-year historical uh, account of Israelites' history. And this is, this is a pretty long period if you look at any, any book of the Bible. I'm not sure um, exactly, but this is a long chunk of history uh, that you could see. And what you see, uh, what you see consistently is that there's a, uh, th there's a blessing and then there's a subtle kind of stray. And then there's a fall or, uh, or a, a, a declination into sin. And then there's deliverance and mercy. And this is a cycle that happens over and over and over again. Judges begins with the compromise 
and ends with confusion. Listen to this, believer. If you're confused in your life, Judges begins with compromise and ends with confusion. This is consistent in every unsurrendered life. I want to say that again. The book of Judges begins with compromise and ends with confusion. And this is consistent with every unsurrendered life. See, uh, the judges were a diverse bunch. There was 14 judges that, that God raised to deliver his people. And uh, the judges were a diverse bunch. Uh, Gideon rose uh, to the task at the command of a profound experience and the calling. We all, some of us know the story that the angel of the Lord came to Gideon and Gideon was, uh, 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 was, was, um, uh, was, was the least uh, to be successful, right? And uh, uh, the angel of the Lord says, Gideon, mighty man of valor, uh, you know, uh, go. And here's this calling. And Gideon says, that's not me. And uh, we, we, we know the story. Here's Jeff, uh, Japheth. Uh, he was a hustler. Uh, this, guy was, this guy was like a willing and dealing kind of guy, and God used him. And we all know uh, Samson. I, I preached about Samson uh, a few weeks ago. But Samson was a legendary train wreck. Samson was a legendary tra train wreck. He was anointed. He was gifted. Uh, I mean, he just had it all, but he was an absolute train wreck. So I, I have a picture here of what the judges may have looked like, and maybe not Samson, but uh, if you guys would put that up. This was like, this is, this is, this is kind of like how ragtag that the Israelites had become is that uh, there would be like this mighty warrior that would uh, just come out of anywhere and then, then lead this small clan uh, to go and, and accomplish whatever it is uh, that God had called them to do. Uh, you can leave that up just for, just for a minute. Um, th this is the interesting thing is that uh, the, the children of Israel were supposed to be united and, and, uh, and, and uh, um, occupying the promised land, but instead they were fragmented and broken like this. The sad thing is that uh, every time that God raised a judge, he never, uh, that judge would never lead the entire nation of Israel out into battle. It was always these little factions and these little sects that would go out and, uh, and, and, and lead them into battle. But this is one common theme uh, that they have amongst, the, uh, amongst each one of these, uh, these judges, and this will give us, each and every one of us hope tonight, is that they were broken people. They were just normal broken people. And they stepped up in a time where there was great danger. They stepped up in a time where, where there was great calamity. And they were equipped with no great skill, no special anything. It was just them. And, 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 and these, are, these are folks that just said, all right, God, if you called me, I'm just going to do it. And, uh, and, and with no great skill, no great talent of their own, this all confirmed to everyone that they led that they were anointed by the power of God. God will take your, your and my brokenness or normalness and layer the power of the Holy Spirit on your life. And then there's going to be people that remember you or know you or have seen you and, and say, my goodness, how are you doing that? You're, you're like super normal. You're super regular. How, how, how are you accomplishing this, accomplishing that? I think about that in my own life. Uh, different things that God, uh, deliverance and blessings and, and doors that God has opened in my own life. Those folks that know me 25 years ago, uh, they look at my life now and they're like, that is not the same individual. That's not the same guy. And it, it's nothing special about me. It's nothing special about you necessarily. 
It's the power of God. It's the evidence of the power of God on your life that you're able to do what, what God is calling you to do. Zechariah 4, 6. So he said to me, this, uh, this is the word. We could, we could take that down if you didn't do that already. Zechariah 4, 6. Uh, so he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. So the spirit of the Lord came on Othniel. This is one of the judges. The spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, one of the judges. Again, a man that was very normal, maybe even less than normal, maybe uh, less than average. Uh, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah, if you read that. And the spirit of the Lord, you hear this often in, in, uh, in the book of, uh, or not in the book of Samson, but in Samson's story, you hear that the spirit of the Lord came upon him. And it was only when the spirit of the Lord came upon him that he was able to go out and do these great feats. Right, he goes and slays, uh, slays the Philistines with, with a jawbone, right? All of these great things that he does is not in himself. It's always his, him uh, being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so the Spirit of the Lord can come upon each and every one of us. Listen, listen, I'm, I'm talking to you. It doesn't matter how long you've been walking with the Lord. It doesn't matter how educated you are. It doesn't matter what kind of skill set you have or giftings you, you do or do not have. The Spirit of the Lord can come upon each and every one of us and empower us or enable us to do what God has called us to do. Do you believe that tonight? E.M. E. Bounds says this, and I, I, love this, I love this quote. He says, what the church needs today is not more machinery or better, not new organizations or more and novel methods, but men whom the Holy Ghost can use, men of prayer, men mighty in prayer. The Holy Ghost does not flow through methods, uh, but through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but men, men of prayer. So I want to ask you, and I'll, I'm using men as a general statement, okay? So men and women, okay? We believe that the, the Spirit of God is on, on all of us, okay? Yes? Okay. We're, all right. Just make sure we're good here. We're here. But I, I want to ask you, how, what does your prayer life look like? I tell people all the time, if, if, if your life is full of confusion, if you're, if you're, if you're stuck, if, if, you, if you're just like living in defeat, I challenge your prayer life. God anoints people of prayer. God anoints people that are, that are, are, are presence-driven, that are uh, seeking the Lord and seeking His face. And so the fact that Hebrews was, was placed here, I, I, I'm going I'm to skip through some of this just for the sake of time. Um, there's three things that Judges exposes as it relates to the corrosion of the nation of Israel and, and their relationship with the Lord. Uh, the first thing is the cause, what caused this thing. The next thing is the course, what was the path that they found themselves down. And then ultimately, what were the consequences of those choices that they made? See, the Israelites failed because their hearts turned from God. And after their hearts began to turn from God, their heads deserted the promise. And, and I, I want to tell you that in this, uh, in this apathy or in this apostasy that the Israelites faced, it's the same thing that the believer faces today. Is that it's this, this, shuttle, this subtle shift of your heart. Right? When you first get saved and God is moving in your life, you're all in, you're passionate, your heart is on fire for the Lord, right? And then you start to get comfortable, you start to get comfortable with the blessing, you start to settle in, and very subtly our hearts begin to shift away from the Lord. As our hearts begin to shift away from the Lord, our thoughts, 
our mind, our actions, all of that stuff begins to follow our hearts. So we could put up that next picture. If you're, if you're reading through, there we go. If you're reading through the book of Judges, you could kind of identify the book of Judges as this kind of downward spiral where it's kind of like this uh, regression or degression of, of spirituality and spiritual zeal for God. It just gets worse and worse and worse. They just begin to dis, uh, descend further and further and further. Israel strayed, uh, strayed from God, fell, uh, fell under his discipline, repented, experienced deliverance, rededicated themselves to God, experienced his blessing, and then strayed again. And every cycle, of, in each one of these cycles, Israel seems to have sunk lower and lower than they had been previously. I, I told you uh, that there's a judge, six times does God raise a judge and, 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 and give them deliverance. And every single time, they go worse. They, they're worse off than where they started. And I think about this, I've seen this in believers' lives, that uh, those that are struggling, those that are consistently allowing this compromise in their life, this, this secret sin, that it just gets worse and worse and worse, that you come to the altar and, and, and you, you have this emotional response to God because you desire to be set free. I don't question that. You desire to be set free, but you don't discipline yourself to remove those things out of your life. You compromise, you allow it to stay in, and you don't drive these things out of your life, and then you begin in this cycle. Pastor Omar says this, uh, I love it. He says, that, uh, he says that seasons come and go. God is a God of seasons. So there's a season, there's seasons in our lives. We're going to go through things, right? We're going to go through things. We're going to come into things and we're going to come out of things, okay? That's just the natural ebbs and flows of life that God allows into our life. But cycles begin and end with you. They're all choices that you have to make. And so here the children of Israel be, were, were stuck in this cycle because they really liked to sin. They really liked uh, uh, um, what, what, uh, what the Canaanites were doing. And, and they wanted to keep, they, they loved God. They loved God. They, they remember, they've heard the stories of the goodness of God to their ancestors. So they loved God, but they just wanted a little bit of, the, of what the Canaanites had. What's wrong with that? I think that a lot of believers here could maybe justify some of, your, uh, some of your actions, some of your decisions in saying, hey, it's not that bad. It's just a little bit of this where God requires and demands full, uh, 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 full dedication and full commitment from the believer. And so Judges reveals the course and the process by which Israel deteriorated as a nation and the same process takes place for each and every one of us. The same on the same personal level, it's the same, it's the same way. We stop following with our hearts, and then our heads follow. We stop following with our hearts, and then our heads follow. Let, let me tell you what this looks like practically. Uh, when you were first saved, you were at the prayer meeting. You were, you were here before every service. You were here on Saturdays. Uh, uh, people would tell you, hey, uh, let's, you know, family would call you, hey, let's get away. Let's go do this on a Wednesday night. Let's go do this on a Friday night. Friends would call you. The work would ask you to take a shift. All of those things that absolutely not, I got to be in the presence of God. I got to be at the church. I got to be where, whenever the doors of the house are open, I got to be there. That's where we start. And then little by little, we start to compromise. We start to say, well, I guess one connect, one, one Friday night that I miss Connect Group is not all that bad. And then Saturday morning, man, I, you know, I'm at church this day, I'm at church that day. Uh, I'm going to sleep in on Saturday. I don't really need to go there. 
And little by little, our, uh, we stop following with our hearts, and then our heads follow. We start making these decisions uh, that are contrary to what God has called us to do. So the root cause of Israel's falling away was religious apostasy. And the Israelites turned away from God. A couple of things that they did. The first thing is that they didn't do as God had commanded. I'm, I'm going to read through this real fast. Uh, we can put it up there. There we go. Okay, so the Benjamite, so this is the, this is the command or the direction that God gave the Israelites. That the Benjamite, the Benjam, Benjamites, there we go. The Benjamites, however, did not drive out the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem. To this day, the Jebusites live were, uh, there with the Benjamites. Goes on to say, but Manasseh did not drive out the people of Bethshan or Tanakh or Dor or whatever. Verse 28, when Israel came strong, they pressed the Canaanites into forced labor. Listen to this. So they subdued the enemy. Um, they, they, they pressed them into forced labor. So they subdued the enemy, but never drove them out completely. I, I want to stop right there and just ask you, what, what has God told you to get rid of in your life? And you've not driven that thing out completely. Like you're still, you're still with it. Like you're still, uh, you've not blocked that person uh, in social media. Uh, like you've kept, you, you still got your, you still got your line in the water, right? Like you're still fishing a little bit. Like God, God has called you to be righteous. God has called you to be holy, but you're still playing games. And so this, this was it. You see, God had given the Israelites the promised land and had given them every blessing and the promise of, of the blessing. And the Israelites, for the Israelites, God wasn't enough. They wanted God and they wanted to do what was right in their own eyes. And this is, I'm telling you church, this is the modern day believer. This is the modern day believer. Verse 29, nor did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites living in Gezar. Verse 30, neither did Zebulun drive out the Canaanites living in Kitron or Nahalol. Verse 31, nor did Asher drive out those living in Akko uh, uh, or, uh, or Sidon or Aleb, Axib. The Asherites lived among the Canaanites, inhabitants of the land, because they did not drive them out. Neither did Naphtali drive out those living in Beth Shemesh or Beth Anath. You guys get the picture. God, God has called you to be righteous. And when God has delivered you from something, God has completely delivered you. I, 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 I'm just going to say this. Uh, you don't need to continue to be delivered from something that God's already delivered you from. Why are you still going and seeking out prayer for things that God has already said it's done? I'll tell you why you do that. It's because you're not completely driven it out. You're still playing with it. so they didn't do as God as God had commanded instead of doing what God has commanded they instead made covenants with the enemy Judges 2 1 through 3 the angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochim and said I brought you out of Egypt and led you into the land I swore to give your ancestors I said I will never break my covenant with you, verse 2, and you shall not make a covenant with the people of this land, but you shall break down their altars. Yet you have disobeyed me. Why have you done this question? I'll just stop right there. I really want each and every one of us to think about this tonight.
What is it? What is that altar? What is that idol that's still uh, that's still present in your life that you've not completely demolished? What? What? It's a relationship. It's a person. It's a thing. It's a maybe. It may be a job. It may be a career. It may be uh, uh, education. Whatever it is. What is that thing that God has said? Hey, this is not for you. This or this is not the time for it. Uh, but you, you, you just allow it to kind of fester or stay there. Verse 3, and I have also said, I will not drive them out before you. They will become traps for you, and their gods will become snares to you. And so this is what it is that, Pastor Omar said this the other day, uh, this, is, this is kind of the bad thing, is that God sometimes will give us what we're asking for. God is trying to protect us. God is trying to remove things. God, God has given you messages. God has spoken to you directly. God has spoken to you, to you uh, through friends and family, th- through those, maybe even leaders. God has spoken to you, right? But, but, but we, just, we, we just don't listen. We just, we just don't listen. And, uh, and, and, uh, and ultimately, uh, if you continue, if you persist, if you continue to pers- persist for it, God is just going to allow that thing to happen. He's just going to allow that into your life. You ask for it. Okay, uh, you, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to teach you through instruction, but here you go. You, this is going to be a learning experience for you. And many of us have experienced this in our lives. And so instead of doing as commanded, they made covenants with the inhabitants of the land. And some of us are compromising and making agreements uh, with, with enemies that, 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 uh, that are in our lives. We're making covenants with, with these things that are messing us all up. And the last thing they did was instead of destroying the pagan altars, the Israelites served idols and abandoned God. Uh, verse, uh, uh, Judges 12, 11, uh, a few verses here. The, then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the Lord, the, the God of their ancestors who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. They aroused the Lord's anger. Verse 17, yet they would not listen to their judges but prostituted themselves to other gods and worshipped them. They quickly turned from the ways of their ancestors who had been obedient to the Lord's commands. Verse 19, but when the judge died, the people returned ways even more corrupt than those of their ancestors. Following other gods and serving and worshipping them, they refused to give up their evil practices and stubborn ways. This is what, this is, this is the picture, is that they want God, they desire God, they want the blessing of God. They want the peace of God on their life. But they also want to do what is right in their own eyes. Their apostasy, their apostasy begins with toleration of things that God had condemned and forbidden. In time, the Israelites began to admire these things. And finally, they embraced them. So, so this, this, is how, this is how it happens. First, we kind of compromise and we just kind of tolerate it. I, I want to talk to... Uh, Leaders of your homes, what are you tolerating in your, in your home? What are you allowing in your life? And hey, just for the sake of getting along, I'm just not going to, I'm just, I'm going to pick and choose my battles. I'm going to, I'm going to tolerate this thing. And so it starts with toleration. They, they, they're just tolerating this compromise in their life or they're tolerating this compromise in, uh, uh, in, in, in the culture. And then they go on to start to admire it like, hey, I actually kind of like this thing a little bit. And then finally they embrace it. I, I've, I've seen this. Uh, I, I've seen this even in, in the church. Not this church. This is a great church. Not in this church. Not in this church. But I've seen this in the church. Where 
we start to tolerate ideas and, and, and things and secular beliefs. We start to tolerate these things. And then we begin to admire them like, oh, wow, that's very compassionate. I could, I could subscribe to that kind of philosophy, right? And, 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 then, and then finally they embrace it. And it's like, oh, this is part of our doctrine now. This is part of our, our core values. Like, we believe this stuff. And it's such a far, far cry from where God has called his people to be a holy people, a church without spot or blemish, uh, holy and righteous, and it's, it's so sad. I've said this before to, to, uh, to you. The greatest threat to the disciples and to the church today is not death, right? We all understand that if, if you're to die tonight and you're good with the Lord or you're walking with the Lord, you're honoring the king in your life, that to die, uh, to, to die is, is to... Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, to die is gain. To die is gain, right? So the greatest, threat to the, the greatest threat to the disciples is not death, but apostasy of falling away. This is the greatest threat to your life. If you're a believer, if you're walking with the Lord, the greatest threat today is that you will fall away and that you'll stray away from, from the Lord. Those of you that are leading families, this is, this is so dangerous that uh, it's not that you would, uh, it's not that you would fail in some area in your life or something like that. It's that you would turn your heart away from God and then the ripple effect from generation to generation that they would all lose the grace and the mercy of God that, that you had experienced in your life because you wanted to do what was right in your own eyes. So, this is the cycle. Quickly after Israel strayed from God, their whole lives began to fall apart. What a surprise that is. How many of you have experienced that in your life where you're walking with the Lord and the favor of God is on you and things just begin to open up and, and all these prayers are answered and all, all these things and you're living, high on, uh, you're living high on the good life, right? And then you stray from God. And I, I see this and it's heartbreaking. I see, I, I see the destruction and rubble of families that are just broken because someone decided to stray away from the Lord. And, it's, and you see it here that every single time that their hearts began to stray away from God, that everything began to fall apart. One of the things that you see in the book of Judges that's, that you can relate to the church is that there's examples of jealousy that starts to fester within these tribes. All the tribes are supposed to be united. It's one nation. And, uh, and little by little, you see that uh, this tribe has a problem with that tribe. And, and these jealousies, the, these things start to, uh, start to well up all, all the way to, if you read uh, in chapters 20 and 21, you see that 11 of the tribes all come together and try to eliminate the tribe of Benjamin. They're so, they're, they're so busy fighting with each other. God had called them into the promised land to drive out the Canaanites and all the otherites that were in there. But they're so jealous of each other that they begin to fight this infighting all the way to the point where they almost kill off one of their tribes altogether. So instead of driving out the Canaanites, God's people allowed them to live with them. And the Israelites... Uh, and the Israelites proceeded to, tr to try to destroy each other. See, this pattern's found in our lives too when Christians stop carrying out their God-given task of the Great Commission. We often become critical of one another and fight with, with one another. When the church loses the mission of reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we gradually become more selfish, we gradually become more territorial, and then the infighting begins. 
I'm, 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 I'm here to tell you, uh, gossip and dis- divisiveness, if that's in your life or if that's, uh, if that's festering anywhere in your life, I'm telling you, you've, you've, you've lost the mission. Uh, pa- Pastor Omar said this to me the other day. He said that uh, uh, when we stop reaching out, we start reaching in. Uh, we start, it, it all becomes about positioning and jockeying and, well, what about, my, what about my ministry? What about my expression? What about my opportunity, my, my shot? And when, uh, 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 and when we're reaching out, uh, we don't have time. Uh, I'm sorry, when we're busy reaching out, reaching more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, witnessing and getting people saved and, and being a part and raising disciples, when we're busy doing that, we have no time to fight with each other. So a few things, I'm going to do this real fast, okay? Three, three, three stories and three things that we can learn from, from these guys, from the book of Judges, from the Israelites. Number one is success doesn't mean you know God. I see a lot of successful people. I, I work for a large organization. I deal with executives. I deal with uh, small business owners, very, very successful people. I'm here to tell you that success doesn't mean that you know God. I'll, I'll even tell you this. I'll take it a little bit, a, a little step further. Uh, Pastor Omar uh, has said this before, I'll say it again, is that uh, uh, don't misunderstand the grace of God on your life. Don't, don't think that you're doing it in your own good. We, we've forgotten that the grace of God is on, on, on each and every one of our lives. And so we often mistake the, good, the grace of God for our own goodness, our own skill set. You've been walking in the favor of God so long, you forgot what it was. You, you just, like you're just, you're just oblivious to the grace of God. Like you're just walking in the favor of God and you're oblivious to it until you step out of the grace of God and then everything falls apart. This is what happens. So success doesn't mean that you know God. Joshua led the Israelites into the promised land and the time of judges uh, came after his death. And uh, although, listen to this, although the Israelites occupied the blessing, they didn't know from where all the blessings flowed. They were, they, they, were, they were inhabiting the promised land. This was, uh, th- this was generational blessing and promise all the way from Abraham. And so they were walking in this blessing and they had forgotten who, who it is that gives that blessing, who it is that has made that, ma- made that way, and they just completely forgot about it. Judges 2.10 says, after that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done uh, for Israel. So the Israelites were conditioned by tradition. I'll say that again. The Israelites were conditioned by tradition. Many believers are conditioned by tradition. Many, many, many believers are, uh, are, um, are cultural Christians. Uh, you've been raised in church. You've, you know that you, gotta be in, you should be at church on, on Sundays. You even know that you should give. You should give to the Lord. Uh, you, you should you know, do all these kind of mechanics. Um, but, but your heart is not there. You're, you're just kind of like conditioned by tradition. We begin to make religion like our own thing. And uh, we, we begin to like have our own philosophies or our own kind of uh, um, uh, doctrines and how we're supposed to live our lives opposed to being completely surrendered to God. And this is a terrifying thing to know that people can grow and find success not because they're close to the heart of God but because they've learned through tradition and good business how to build a comfortable life. How many of you know people that uh, they, just know, they, they just know how the game works and they just, they just play the game? Yeah? So they can find success but completely miss God. 
So the time of Judges was full of these rising and falling, disaster and success, but there was this constant theme of people abandoning the one true God for a false idol, which I'll tell you, uh, our lives are full of these false idols. Our desire to gain status, our desire to, uh, to amass more material, uh, materialistic things, our desires to go and do whatever it is that we want to do in our lives can potentially become idols in our lives. See, we can never forget where the blessings and where the true life comes from. Jesus prayed this in John 17, 3. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. We need to learn to honor the King. We need to learn to honor the blessing and the grace of God that's on our lives. If we, if we lose this, we lose gratitude, and we, we begin to think that we have it all together. We begin to think that we could do things on our own. We, we begin to think that our own ingenuity, our own skills will get us to where we need to go. And without God, I, I love uh, evangelist John Tahaji uh, touched on this, without God, we know, apart from God, we're able to do absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Everything that you do apart from God is vanity. Complete vanity. There's no lasting fruit in anything that you do apart from God. The next thing that we need to do is we need to celebrate and value each other's differences. I love this church. This church is diverse. Uh, um, diverse in demographics from, from ages and uh, a background and, all, and all, all of these different things. And this is, uh, Pastor Omar says this all the time, is that our church should reflect our community. Our, it shouldn't be a, a white church, shouldn't be a Hispanic church, shouldn't be, it shouldn't be any of these things. It should be a reflection of our community. And I love the diversity. You guys love the diversity here at Reach Paramount. I love the diversity. Uh, one, of the things I, one of the things I appreciate so much is, is uh, uh, Pastor Omar's intention in allowing different expressions uh, to, to minister here at the church. You have different expressions of the gift and different expressions of how God has graced different people. And it's just so beautiful. See, uh, one of the most beautiful and striking characteristics of the church is the diversity and uh, the church globally reaches across the world and makes disciples of all nations. We lose our strength as the church when we demand that people think, act, and look the same at us. Our, our intention is not ever to, to bring someone in and, 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 uh, and make little robots of, of ourselves or duplicate ourselves in a sense where you do things like I do it or you say it like I say it. Uh, we don't want, uh, 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 necessarily, we don't want a bunch of Pastor Omar is running around. We want to celebrate the diversity uh, and how God has graced uh, each and every one of us differently. And so we lose the strength as a church if we demand that people think, act, and, and do what we want to do. We want to celebrate uh, the things, uh, all the different giftings that God has allowed in, in the church. Romans 12, uh, I'm going to start from verse for it says there are different kinds of gifts but the same spirit distributes them there are different kinds of service but the same lord there are different kinds of working but in all of them and in every one it is the same god at work all these are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines just as a body though one has many parts but all its many parts form one body, so it is with, so it is with Christ. For we are, we are all baptized, one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. 
So this diversity, we got to celebrate that. Uh, one of the judges, Ehud, or Ehud, yeah, Ehud, uh, was a, a judge that is in verse, uh, chapter, chapter number three. And Ehud had a unique feature that he was a, left, a left-handed military strategist in a right-handed society. Now, m- many of you would say, like, what's so significant about that? It's significant because the Bible t- tells us that he was different. And, uh, and, and you see that in that difference that he was set up to become a judge and God was able to use him. And so I want to tell you, if you feel maybe a little bit different, God could use you. God has, God, God has graced you and we celebrate that here in, uh, uh, in, in this church. And so we need to seek unity amid, amidst our diversity. So we're all different, okay? But we need to seek unity and celebrate each other and uh, celebrate what God is doing in each and every one of us. The last, uh, the last thing, uh, that I want to encourage us in is that people rise and fall, but God's faithfulness endures. I'll say that one more time. People rise and fall, but God's faithfulness endures. Maybe you're here tonight and, and uh, uh, you, uh, maybe there's, there's someone in your life, maybe someone that was influential in your life. Um, maybe it was a pastor, maybe it was a leader, maybe it was a family member that you uh, admired and that you bottled your life after maybe. And, and uh, unfortunately, maybe uh, those people... Uh, have fallen away or those people have let you down uh, this is this is the reality that people are going to fail us people are going to rise we're human we're broken people uh, people are going to rise people are going to fall but God uh, but God's faithfulness will endure to the end See, the book of Judges shows that even the most heroic leaders uh, can fall and lead others astray we all know the story of Gideon right and many of you know the story of Gideon as a heroic leader and that he went and, and he uh, uh, he went and defeated uh, the armies he was com- he was completely undermanned uh, but the spirit of the Lord was upon Gideon and caused him and enabled him and empowered him to go and find victory see many of us could celebrate that and, and many of us often celebrate uh, those victories and there's nothing wrong with that but if you if you read uh, if you read Gideon's story throughout and uh, Pastor Omar talked about this on Sundays that uh, we could start well, but we have to finish well. And Gideon, unfortunately, did not finish well. Judges 8:27 it says that uh, this is after uh, Gideon's victory. Uh, it says Gideon made the gold into an ephod, which he placed in Ophrah, his his town. All Israel prostituted themselves by worship, worshiping it there, and it became a snare to Gideon and his family. And so this is what we need to do is that we need to look to Jesus as the model of our faith. I want to say that again, that we need to look to Jesus as the model of our faith. We need to model our lives after Christ and not allow ourselves to be uh, distracted or, uh, or discouraged maybe by someone else or the other things that are all around us. We've got to look to Jesus to model our faith because no man or woman should be lifted to a place of, of idolatry. And so Jesus is central in our lives. And we look to the Lord. We honor the King in that, in that regard. And we model our lives after, after Him. See, the strategy, this, this tragedy strikes at the heart of today's church, of you and I. Many, many of us, we've begun with pure motives. We've, we've had pure desires. We've intended to start and finish well. We've des- we, we have this desire to, to see God use us and we have these visions. How many of you have visions and dreams and maybe in prayer or God just gives you this kind of, this, this, this passion to see God use us 
we, we see the deliverance and in, in, in working in our lives, maybe in our lives personally, or those uh, that are around us, and we serve God well, but all the while, there's hidden sin that we've not completely driven out of our lives. And God is pointing to these things. God is calling for a consecration of His people, a people that would be holy and righteous in His sight, a people that God would be able to use, a people that God would be able to anoint and work and, and ultimately fulfill the call of God uh, in this life. See, there's no excuse, no excuse for some of the sin that we have in our lives or in the lives of other people that we've seen. There's no excuse for it, but this is the hope that God never fails. Has God failed you yet? God won't do it. And so tonight, I'm going to ask if you would bow your head to close your eyes. I, I, want, I want us to consider a couple of things here tonight. Maybe, maybe you're here tonight and I'm talking about this blessing that God has given the Israelites, which we, we all know um, is upon us and we're walking in this blessing of God and, and uh, God has been good to us, God has been faithful to us and, um, and you're here tonight and you're saying, you know what, Pastor Isaac, I, I'm, I'm not walking in that blessing. My, my life is actually pretty messed up. Uh, I can't say that I'm necessarily honoring the king. Christ is not king of my life. I, I'm, not, I'm not honoring the commandments. I'm not honoring um, the, the, the path in which God has called me to. And, and my life is just, my life is just kind of broken. I'm here to tell you. I'm here to give you hope. Just like the Israelites and apostatizing and falling away time and time and time again. What's, this is interesting. This is interesting that there were six times that, that God responded to the people and brought deliverance to them and there was a spiritual revival that took place after, after that. Five of those times, five of those six times, it was the people that cried out. The oppression became too, too hard and, and too overwhelming and they began to cry out to the Lord. And God responded each and every one of those times. The interesting thing is that the last time with Samson, the last time, the children of Israel weren't even crying out anymore. They hadn't even cried out to God. They, 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 they had lost their way. They were so depraved. They were so lost that they didn't even realize that they were broken to the point where God had to intervene. And maybe you're here tonight and you're saying, you know what, you know what, Pastor Isaac, my life is a mess. And I'm, I'm crying out to God tonight. I, I, I need the mercy of God tonight. If that's you here tonight, I'm here to tell you that there's grace and that God is here, that God wants to restore you. God wants to restore that which the enemy has tried to rob from you. So if you're here tonight and you say, you know what, Pastor Isaac, I, I, I need grace. I need, I need God in my life. I want you to lift your hand. Come on, just raise your hand real fast. You're here tonight. There's hands going up all over the place. There's, there's hands going up all over the place. Appreciate that. It's awesome. There's a realization in this moment. The Holy Spirit identifies it for us and it says, man, I am broken and I need God. Thank you for, for raising your hand. You can put your hands down. There's another group of people that I want to talk to. And those are, the, and, and this group of people are those that you're so lost. You're so lost, you don't even realize how far you've fallen from the grace of God. And my prayer tonight is that the Holy Spirit in this moment will quicken you and say, and, and move you, compel you by His love to come back. 
every single time that they turn their hearts from 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 the lord the bible says that they turn their hearts from the lord and god called them back god didn't call them back because they had earned it they were lost they were completely helpless so god didn't respond and and, and because they earned it because they did anything right his response was purely out of mercy and grace purely out of love and so tonight maybe you're here and you say you know what pastor i'm just so lost i i, I don't I don't even know, I don't even know how this is all going to work out, but I, I do know that I'm, I am helpless and hopeless and I need the Lord. If that's you tonight, I want you to lift your hand. Anybody else? If you already lifted your hand, there's hands going up. If you already raised your hand, I appreciate that. Hands going up all over the place. Amen. Amen. I, this is what I want you to do. I want you, without even thinking about it, I just want you to get out of your seat and come to the altar. Come on, just get it. That's bold. I saw someone pop right out of their seat. Come on. Come out of your seat. God is here. The Spirit of God is here. Amen. Amen. A couple of more hands were up. If, if you raise your hand, I want you to, I want, please just, just come up. Just get out of your seat. We're going to pray. We're going to pray with you guys. We're going to believe God. Anybody else? I don't want to move, I don't want to move too fast here. But I do want to move along. Anybody else? Say, you know what? I, I, I'm lost. I need God. I, I need to get my life right with the Lord. Anybody else? All right. All right. Well, I, I'm going to pray. I want to pray with, with, with you. Um, and I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And the prayer is a commitment or a dedication to God. Okay? So it's nothing necessarily in the words, but it's really in your heart that you're committing to God. And whatever it is, tonight what, what, what this declaration is that I am going to completely drive out those things that are in my life, those compromises that I've allowed to settle in my life and I'm going to commit my life to, to God alright, so I'm going to give you the words I want you to repeat the words uh, after, after me, you're not saying the words to me or anybody here but you're saying these words to the Lord, say Father say it loud Father Father forgive me help me I'm hopeless and helpless without you I commit tonight to release all of those compromises, all of those idols in my life. I surrender them to you, and I commit my life to you. Come into my heart, deliver me, and walk with me from this day forward. In Jesus' name. If you would, church, I'm asking if you would stand. Would you, would you just, just kind of reach your hands forward here? We're gonna. I want to talk to uh, to Christians tonight. The Israelites started in a position of blessing, generational blessing. I mean, the the promise came to Abraham through Abraham through the patriarchs, through Moses, through Joshua. Joshua seized the. the the land and, and all of these things that happened in their lives is this legacy of faith that that got them to this point and I just think that there's those tonight that uh, your family member and generations have prayed you through to this point and now it's a point of inflection or, or reflection and if you read in Judges you, you, you read that 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 God allowed the Canaanites this was, a, this was a people that no longer knew how to fight anymore. They had been so blessed 
in their life that they no longer knew how to fight anymore. And it says that God allowed the Canaanites and the enemy to occupy those lands so that the people would learn to fight. And I, I want to challenge some people here tonight. I, I'm here to tell you, if, you're, if your heart is right with the Lord, you are walking in the blessing of God. You are walking in the favor of God. But God wants to call some intercessory prayer warriors to begin to fight. Begin to fight for something, whatever that vision was, that dream was that God gave you, that bigger thing. Begin to fight for those things. Don't just settle in. Don't let your life become full of apathy and you're just kind of settling in and cruising. So the second call, this altar call, is for those of you that God has called you to bigger things. God has called you to greater things. And you feel like you've just allowed yourself to kind of settle in on something. I want you to get out of your seat. I believe that there's anointing here tonight. I believe that there's, that there's power here tonight, that God is going to begin to uh, restore dreams. God is going to begin to restore vision that He had given you. So if that's you, I want you to get out of your seat. And I want you just to come, and I just want you to posture yourself before God. Come on, get out of your seat. Come on. Come on. I want to tell you tonight that God has already promised you. God has given it to you. You've not seized it. You've not... You've not taken hold of it tonight. Come on, I know there's more of you that are out there. Maybe you feel like it's been too long or I lost my moment. Or God has changed it. I'm, I'm here to tell you that God has not changed it. God is, whatever he said, he's going to do. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.